handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What is going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. The Super Bowl has come and gone. We are now, all 32 teams are in free agency slash draft mode, and there was a lot of interesting things from the Super Bowl. You know, from a Colts perspective, I took some things away, Derek, I know you did as well. We have four different kinds of things that we're going to talk about. Maybe three, maybe four, somewhere around there. We'll kind of see how this podcast goes, how the conversation goes. But basically, things that we learned from this Super Bowl that can apply to the Indianapolis Colts in this 2021 offseason. So, Derek, let's start first with the most important position in sports, and that is the quarterback. Give me your take on what you saw from last night that kind of maybe changed your opinion or kind of started to form your opinion a little bit more on the quarterback position as it relates to the Indianapolis Colts this offseason? Well, I mean, you know, both quarterbacks really tried really hard yesterday. I mean, credit to Tom Brady. Tom Brady played a phenomenal game, Mm -hmm. you know, had a really great uh, game plan ahead of him. And after that, after the first couple drives, Brady just – started picking them apart and it was like, that's it. That's it. You're not slowing them down. And the chiefs never found a way to slow them down after they got that first, first down on that third drive. When Leonard Fournette had three carries for 12 yards, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they just sat back and like, okay, we know we can move it. Let's just go. And from that point on Brady just never looked back. I mean, he just really had no bad throws. I mean, Gronk and him were on a, were just, interconnected in that first quarter and then Antonio Brown out here catching a bunch of good catches from him too. And, you know, Tom Brady showed you that like Tyron Matthew too, he was having some words with Tyron Matthew because he was saying, you know, I'm, I'm coming after you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of your eight interceptions that you've had on the year. I don't care. I'm coming after you. And he did. And he kept going after him with Gronk and with Antonio Brown and we saw that touchdown where him and Matthew got into an altercation after that. I mean, you know, it goes to show you that an aggressive-minded quarterback, you know, a lot of times is what you need. You can't have somebody that's conservative because, you know, you get you get too uh, stationary and then you get afraid to throw the ball in somebody's direction. And then from Mahomes' perspective, man, I felt so bad for him last night. I felt mm-hmm. so bad for him. Do you know how many first down slash touchdown catches that were dropped by his wide receivers last night? Like, it was crazy. Travis Kelsey dropped a touchdown pass. Uh, Their running back, Williams, dropped a touchdown pass. Tyreek Hill dropped a touchdown pass. And guess what all happened to him? Face mask. Hit him right in the freaking head, dude. Like, all you had to do was catch it. Touchdown. That's it. Mahomes looking like magic, but his receivers just couldn't catch the ball to save their lives last night. It it looked like a completely different Kansas City Chiefs team when their receivers weren't catching the football. And, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes obviously had a couple throws that were a little risque, but, I mean, for the most part, 
he was falling down Cody and was still throwing bombs right exactly where they needed to be. His receivers just weren't catching the football. And, you know, again, that just, that shows you yet again, like you can't all put it on the quarterback. The receivers weren't doing a great job and credit to Tampa Bay secondary. They did a really great job of not letting Tyreek Hill get deep and make those big plays that screwed them over in the first game. Because you remember Tyreek Hill had 260 receiving yards on Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay the last time. So they said, we are not, and repeat, not going to let Tyreek Hill beat us. If we're going to let anyone else beat us, let everyone else go beat them. And, you know, that was the other issue is that, you know, it it seemed like Andy Reid got too pass happy a lot in that first half. You know, the, the Chiefs were running the ball quite effectively, I would say at times, you know, there were a couple runs that Clyde Edwards Hilaire was really getting off, but, you know, they just didn't seem to keep up with it. I just don't know why, because, you know, it was the only thing that was working for him at the time. So, mm. again, the best quarterback on the field had a terrible game, and then the other quarterback had a phenomenal game. So, it goes to show you, you don't need the number one quarterback to win every game. It's simply not true. It's just a matter of how you execute. And, you know, the Chiefs didn't execute as well as Tampa did. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. They didn't. And, you know, we I talk so much, and I, I know I do. I talk about how important that quarterback position is. I should talk about it. We should talk about it. It is the most important position in sports, but you're right. If you don't surround him, if your players aren't executing outside of the quarterback, like Patrick Mahomes can't make his receivers catch the ball, right? He can't make (laughs) his offensive line protect him. And that kind of transitioned to the second thing that I noticed, man, offensive line matters. I mean, left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. If there's people who were saying left tackle is not as big a need as maybe pass rush, like, and I know pass rush is a big need too. Like we will talk about that in a little bit. But my goodness, like I know, I know Kansas City was down both tackles and they were on backup tackles. But for me, that just made me realize, okay, we can't just say, oh, we'll just throw anybody out there at left tackle. We need to really address this, whether that be free agency, whether that's a trade, whether that's the NFL draft. I don't know. But we need to address it, find our quality left tackle, wherever that is, and also get some quality depth. Because how many teams in the AFC, I mean, it seemed like about every team was struggling with tackle depth. And uh, with how deep this tackle class is, this draft, mm-hmm. I honestly wouldn't oppo- be opposed, Derek, to signing a guy in free agency, like one of those bigger name, older guys, and still drafting a guy in the second or third round. I mean, I that's just it. how important the tackle and offensive line depth position is. And we saw that last night with Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I'm not going to debate that. But if he's not protected, it doesn't matter how insane he is. Like, he had the most incredible incompletion I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And he, that dude was scrambling for his life, man. There were so many of them that. last night. Yeah. You don't want that. And it's just, it's incre- it was incredible how Kansas City's offensive tackles could not handle literally anything that Nothing. Tampa Bay was coming after him with. Um, so offensive tackle and offensive line, it matters, man, if you want to be Super Bowl champions. I mean, Brady didn't even hardly get touched last night. I mean, that was just – you see the distinct and the stark difference between Tampa Bay's offensive line and Kansas City's. I mean, it was completely night and day different. So for me, offensive line, it matters, man. And the good thing is the Colts have a pretty darn good one, so that makes me as a Colts fan feel a little bit better. Like we are in a position where – 
we have a lot of good pieces on this offensive line. Obviously, left tackle is a position we're going to have to address. But it makes me feel better as a Colts fan realizing, okay, you know, we're on the right track to doing what Tampa Bay did, right, in terms of protecting their quarterback and being efficient in the running game and all that stuff. So that was my second thing. Derek, what was the third thing that you learned from this Super Bowl? Well, and I'll also say this for the offensive line perspective, that last night Tom Brady was pressured only on 9% of his dropbacks. Do you know how many uh, times Mahomes was pressured? 58%. 58% of his pass drops, he was either feeling the pressure or had to escape the pocket. I mean, oh my gosh. Like, you are not going to win a game if your quarterback over half of the time he's throwing the football is feeling like he's going to get hit every single time. It's not going to happen, especially when Mahomes was dealing with that toe that supposedly was hurting him. And, you know, we saw him. He was hobbling at the end of the game because he was running so much. You know he actually ran for 478 yards to get away from pressure yesterday. Oh, my word. 478 yards. That is insane. Like that's mm-hmm. that's not even that's like a man running for his life, dude, and he goes getting demolished at the end of that game. So it yeah. cannot be understated how important the offensive line is. And then you're right. The opposite end of that is the defensive line. It's the pass rush. And mm. what you saw last night on the 29 pass plays that Mahomes was pressured 27 of those 29 plays came from Tampa Bay only bringing four or less. Mm. Wow. Only four or less. There were times they were sending three and we're still getting that pressure. Mm. They only sent four 95% of the time that they were getting pressure on Mahomes. So, you know, we have talked a lot about the Colts and the way they like to run their defense, right? Sending four and that allows you to bring more guys back. It allows you to keep things going. And if you can get consistent pressure, then it really, really works in a zone defense. That's what we've been harping. And it's just showed Shaq Barrett and, uh, and Devin white and those, and Jason Pierre, Paul and uh, David, all those boys, they were not going to be denied by that offensive line. They Mm. just all night long, just tormenting Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, I mean, it, it go it's right up there with importance of that offensive line. It showed you it that is. the it, it, one of the few times all year that we've gotten to see, you know, the uh Kansas City Chiefs really struggle in protecting Mahomes. Now I know obviously they were missing both of their tackles. One opted out at the beginning of the year and the other one had that ACL injury. So of course they were down both tackles, but again, like there was just, they were just not going to be denied. They were just unbelievably good. And, you know, it it goes to show you again that, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback, especially on a guy like Mahomes, you know, it's so important. And the Chiefs couldn't get pressure. That was the worst thing is the Chiefs couldn't get pressure from their defensive line consistently on that offensive line for Tampa Bay. You know, they did sometimes, but Tom Brady, for the most part, had a lot better time sitting in the pocket and dissecting than Mm -hmm. what Mahomes had a chance to. Yeah, and for me, this just hammers down again. Defensive end is such a big need for this defense. I mean, to find a dominant pass rusher like Shaq Barrett, I mean, that would be incredible. I mean, that's what this defense needs. 
to take the jump from a really good defense to an elite defense. And, you know, Derek, it's interesting because you see this game and then a couple of years ago when the Colts really held Mahomes and company in check, the game plans were very similar on defense, right? The game plans were very similar, and they just got a lot of pressure on him. They made it, never made him comfortable. They took away his options, and, you know, like as good as he is, if you can consistently get pressure on him, I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes, you're going to get your, – your offense is not going to be as good as it normally is. Yes. So I definitely agree with you there, man. If you can get a dominant rusher – and we, you talked about it in your video, right? You think it might be via free agency because there are some decent guys there in free agency that the Colts could Shaq get. Barrett. Right, Shaq maybe Barrett. maybe a Shaq Barrett, maybe a Carl Lawson, maybe a Bud and Dupree. Listen, There's a couple listen, names there. If you are willing to spend over $20 million on another guy that you know can pressure the quarterback like Shaq Barrett can, that's another one. That's it. I mean, y- you have to spend the big bucks to get these guys in, free, yeah. in, in, the, in the game now. And you know what? We know who Shaq Barrett is. So Ballard, if you're going to spend $25 million a year on somebody like that, I would rather you get Shaq Barrett, honestly. Yeah, and that kind of leads me to the fourth point that I – the fourth takeaway I had from this, right? You know, adding free agents on the outside, it's important, I feel like, especially with where the Colts are right now. They built their base via the draft, and now they have some really good cornerstone pieces. And we saw with the Bucs, man, you think about all the players that scored for the Bucs, right? None of those guys were drafted by the Bucs. None of those guys were even on the Bucs last year. I mean, that's how important it is to add those and sprinkle in those good free agent players to help you get over the top. Now, Ballard has done that. But again, I want to emphasize, you build through the draft. Yes, I get that. But also don't be afraid to add a guy like a Shaq Bear, right? Maybe if he hits the free agent market or one of those top receivers, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it could be the difference between a wild card exit and the Super Bowl win. I mean, honestly, it could. Yeah. Just by signing a few of those key players. So I I think for me, that's a big takeaway that I have, right? And even like a Shaq Barrett, he wasn't drafted by Tampa Bay, right? And he's one of the most dominant pass rushers in the league. Like, yeah. And you look at their defensive line. I mean, how many of those guys were drafted by the Bucks? Very few of those yeah, guys. Yeah, very few were. of those guys. Um especially on that defensive line. So that's kind of my takeaway from it as well is like free agency isn't a bad thing, right? Adding more talent on top of your already elite talent, that just further propels you to potentially go to the Super Bowl, right? And potentially be that championship contender. I mean, the Rams a couple of years ago, I know they didn't win, but they were in the Super Bowl and they basically did a similar thing to the Bucks this year, right? They added yeah. a lot of outside talent and look where they went. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl. Now, some people will argue, though, right, that it's not long-term successful. Well, it isn't if you go build your entire offense via free agency or whatever. But if you can sprinkle in a few key free agents, man, that'll change this team. That'll change your offense. That'll change your defense. Yeah. Ballard, I really think it's important, man. Ballard has done a really good job at doing what he said he wanted to do. He wanted to build the foundation through the draft. which he's done that. We now know that this team, where it's at, is good enough to make it to the playoffs. We know it's there. Now, what you can do is you can take that Rams approach that you use in free agency to 
add that value to your team that you now know it's there. Now time to add those really important pieces, those really good pieces that you know are in the league and put it in there now so you have the chance to win right now. Yes, it's yeah. not long-term anything, but when you think your team is right there and you have a strong foundation which you've gotten through the draft, then that's it. You don't need to worry about anything else because you know you're still going to be able to do it. We trust Chris Ballard to make the right decisions in the draft to replace needs that need to be uh need to be replaced. So why not do that, right? I know the cap yeah. issue, you know, where we're gonna have to pay people. I know, but that's just that's just how the NFL is, man. That's just how everyone has to deal with it. Everybody loses players every year. You just got to keep as many guys as you can and then just replace them with even better ones. So it's working out for the Rams, at least at this moment. They're a step away from the Super Bowl. I mean, it's getting to a point now where we might want to consider at least spending a little bit of money and a little bit of the draft capital to get that. Because like you said, half of this uh, Tampa Bay team was not actually on Tampa Bay two years ago. Right. I mean, it really is amazing what they've done in free agency and bringing all of these new players in. And it worked out for them, man. It did. And, you know, I want to clarify also, I don't think the Colts are just simply a quarterback away, right? That's why I kind of want to look to free agency to help with some of those needs, like left tackle, pass rusher, two of the biggest needs in the NFL, in my opinion, outside of like quarterback, right? Two of the premium positions. Well, you could address one, maybe two of those positions in free agency, and you could get a guy long term that could plug and play into your locker room. And there's some other positions, too, that I think that you can address in free agency that have to be just those positions. Um, but also it helps take off, you know, some of the pressure of the draft because there still are some other needs for this Colts team as well. You know, maybe maybe you do trade up and get a quarterback. And I think it's interesting that Chris Ballard talked about in his when he was on with Dan Dockets, right? He talked about how he basically was was talking about how, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, the Colts Super Bowl window is now. Ballard says, I feel like it just has cracked open right now. So that's a very interesting quote for me. And I think for me, that also kind of, makes me think, okay, maybe like a quarterback drafting a quarterback early is more in the long-term plans because you think your Super Bowl window is starting to open right now. You could draft a guy, keep developing him and build him, build alongside him, right? If you feel like we're good enough, we just made the playoffs. We almost beat the number two seed, right? We're almost there. We have a few positions we got to fill, obviously. But if we go get our quarterback, we feel like we could be successful and we can also surround him right with the talent that he needs. It won't be a Patrick Mahomes situation like last night, right? We will yeah. surround him with the talent he needs unless we have something crazy. Like we had earlier this year where both our tackles are out, which I don't want to talk about that, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think it's, I think it's very, very interesting. There was a lot of good nuggets that I got from the Super Bowl um, that kind of changed my think, not changed my thinking, but kind of gave me an opposing viewpoint that kind of helped me, try to continue to process how I view all the moves the Colts should make this offseason. So it's going to be certainly interesting to see what their approach is, whether you know what they do in free agency, what they do in the draft. It's going to be interesting, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a good offseason. Yeah, absolutely, dude. All right. I think that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know what you thought of that Super Bowl and how does it really change your viewpoint on what the Colts need to address in order to be able to take that next step and do what Tampa Bay did. So thank you guys so much for tuning in.